Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome to The American Journal. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you again on InfoWars at band.video. You recall 2016 was a fascinating year in America because the entire election cycle there was great anticipation that Hillary Clinton would win the election by resounding margins. And I recall distinctly where I was when it was announced that he won the election. I was sitting in a bar with my then-girlfriend, and we were watching it in Nashville, Tennessee, on the TV late into the evening. I can't remember exactly what time it was, but it must have been 11 o'clock or midnight. And I remember distinctly the zeitgeist, the feeling of uh, in the room changing as soon as the results came. And I, w- I was a person who voted for Trump in both the primary and the general election, but had no anticipation that he would actually win the election. And I remember this great sense of relief that came over me when it was official that, that he had won. Of course, as the years went by, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019, things seemed to get better and better up until the point of the pandemic. The economy was booming. Business was growing. We were actually getting out of wars, not starting any new wars. And there was this great awareness that was growing among the American people as to how corrupt the media is and was the political industrial complex, military industrial complex, and just the extent to how swampy the swamp really was. I know as a small business owner myself that my business did the best it had ever done in in 2019, and I was optimistic about the future. I really felt that the country had turned around. And of course, since 2020, after Joe Biden's so-called victory, It has only felt like decline. The sense of hope has converted to a sense of despair. There's not a lot of optimism about the future of our nation or the world. There's not a lot of optimism about the future of our currency, our economy, our culture, our country. And so it begs the question, is there a path forward to reverse this? Is there a way to correct the course that we're on. And it seems to me that although with every passing moment, with every passing day, with every passing headline that you see, there are fewer and fewer paths forward that can save our country, save the world, frankly. There's no further west to go if if America falls, whether it's next year or within 100 years or 500 years from now. If America falls, there's not likely another place to go where freedom can prosper. And so the question then is, what are these ways that we have forward? Is it the Republican Party? Is it the Libertarian Party? Is it the Democratic Party? Is it any of those parties at all? And now we're faced 
with this sort of peculiar situation in which we've had a, a former president, President Trump, who served a term, is not presently serving, and is running again. So he won't be elected for two consecutive terms should he win the election. And thus, of course, he is opened up to the vulnerability of a primary. And the Republican Party seems to be splitting on DeSantis versus Trump. You see half the people support DeSantis, half the people support Trump. And so as patriots of this country, as liberty-loving Americans, we have a decision to make. And I want to talk a little bit in the next segment about how we got to this point and how we can decide who we should support in the primary, whether it should be Trump or DeSantis or someone else, the president of the United States. Stick with us through this break. We're going to be back and we're going to talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve and how it catalyzed the current political climate in the United States and how we as patriots can overcome it. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal. With the establishment of the Federal Reserve at the beginning of the 20th century, I believe that was the beginning of the decline in America. For the past 100 years, we've had economic crisis after economic crisis. We've seen the conglomeration of power among our political leaders, among industry leaders, and frankly, among globalists all over the earth. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that within 17 years, 15, 20 years of the establishment of the Federal Reserve and income tax, we had the great stock market crash of 1929 two world wars and the Great Depression. And ever since this central private bank was established, it seems like one decision after the other has perhaps temporarily solved a problem, but in the end, ultimately created a greater problem. A lot of people don't know this, but FDR, during his time as president during the Great Depression, uh, made it illegal to own private gold in the country. And all gold was confiscated, I believe, with the exception of a wedding ring or a wedding band because the Federal Reserve, of course, the government needed this gold. And then we saw the influx of socialism in the United States through the New Deal. And we saw the desire and eagerness for war throughout the coming decades in order to catalyze struggling economies. World War II is in large considered responsible for bringing us out of the Great Depression. And there's this great scheme that Americans have been and continue to be falling for among the political class. We hear people refer to the famous expression of the military-industrial complex, but I actually think that's an oversimplification because it's not just a military-industrial complex, but it is a political-industrial complex. There are countless industries now, military or not, that exist only because of government policies, whether they're social welfare programs or other government entities that have been created 
that fund these industries, these non-government organizations, these government contractors who are technically private, but really making an astounding amount of money off of the government spending. And so therefore always want the government to spend more and then seemingly kick back the benefits of that good business to the politicians themselves. And of course, with Hunter Biden's laptop leak, we see that those kickbacks were more than just campaign contributions, but seemingly directly in the pocket of our politicians themselves. And we see here that the left has won the hearts and minds of so many Americans and gradually shifted our culture over time by constantly branding itself as the champion of the disenfranchised, the champion of minorities, the champion of the poor. And they've done this by promising that the government will come in and solve these problems. If you can't afford your grocery bills, then we will provide you with food stamps. If you can't afford a college education, we'll see that you get a very low interest loan. If you can't afford healthcare, we'll see that your healthcare is provided for you. If you can't afford a place to live, we'll see that you have a home. The trouble with this, of course, is the reason our people struggle at all is because of our monetary policy. It's because of the inflation that the government causes by printing money to fund the programs that are meant to help the problem. It's sort of like giving a heroin addict a little bit more heroin or giving someone, it's similar to the, to the, to the painkiller issue, the opioid crisis that we have where someone comes in with a real problem, pain, and we overprescribe the medication, the remedy for that pain and Eventually, the outcome is that the patient has a bigger problem than they did when they went to the doctor to begin with. And so as things get harder and harder, the people ask the government for more and more. And the more and more the government provides, the harder and harder things become. And so we have this downward spiral that perpetuates itself. It's recursive. And nobody really understands why, because we're not educated or we don't have the time to look into it. And we keep feeding the problem. This has been the path of the left. And what the right has done in response to this is to vocally champion the opposition to it. The right has been very good at saying the right things talking about free market economics and the benefits of capitalism, talking about personal responsibility and a return to our Judeo-Christian values and our, uh, the, our, our principles of the, of the founding fathers, our, our American philosophy. But then when we elect them and they get into office, the budget still seems to be bigger and bigger every year. The, the expenses, the spending seems to be more and more every year. And from a monetary policy standpoint, we don't really actually see any change that would have the impact that the American people need. And so we have a situation in which the left has branded itself as the champion of the American working class, the American people. It has won the hearts and minds of the people this way while exploiting them. And the right has tried to combat this exploitation, but done so in word only and not in action. 
And ultimately what we have here as a result of this is a uniparty. We have a Republican Party and a Democratic Party that are the same. These establishment parties are the same. The voters aren't the same. A Republican voter and a Republican Democrat are two different entities with different values and different principles. But the political right and the political left, the political class, is all one party now. And so it begs the question, what is the solution? How do we get out of this? And yes, it is the case that we still have the power to elect our leaders, at least seemingly in most places. We can elect our congressmen. We can elect our senators. But these candidates are in large chosen by the establishment parties. And it's not the candidates. It's not the politicians themselves that run the country exclusively. It's the bureaucrats. I didn't elect anyone at any of the three-letter agencies. I didn't elect anyone at the IRS or the CIA or the ATF. They were appointed positions, hired positions. And so with this uniparty, where the only options that appear on the ballot are options that are approved by the existing corrupt establishment, there's no way through the existing two parties for us to vote our way out of this problem. So again, where does that fit in with the context of Trump versus DeSantis and the future of the country. A lot of people say that a third party in this country is impossible, that a third party could never win. But I sort of think that's a, a, a mischaracterization because there aren't even two parties. There's just one party. So those who advocate for a third party are actually advocating for a two-party system, which of course is the great irony of it. And since our leaders are selected and elected by the establishment, there has been an erosion of the accountability to the American people because it's fixed. And when our leaders are not accountable to the people, then they sell the people out in order to maintain their power and their schemes and their money laundering. In the next segment, I want to talk about who is responsible for this decline and really dive in to what it's going to take to get us out of it. Because It's easy to talk and complain and talk and complain and read the headlines in despair, but it's more difficult to figure out how we can actually solve the problems that we have become aware of and are faced with. So stick with us. We'll come back after the next segment and we'll dive in. There is a war for the future happening right now. There is a war that will control my destiny, your destiny, our children's destinies. And that war is something that we can win, but it takes dedication, it takes commitment. That's why I ask listeners respectfully to go to InfoWarsStore.com and buy great products that will enrich and empower your life while keeping us on air at the very same time. InfoWarsStore.com to get a signed or unsigned copy of my book, The Great Reset and the War for the World. Ultimate Bone Broth, back in stock. Nitric Boost, uh, the amazing CBD oil we have that's the highest quality you're going to find anywhere at more than half off. It's all available at InfoWarsStore.com. Some of the very best products. And a lot of you have never shopped at InfoWarsStore. You've been watching for years, you've been listening for years, but you've never taken the step to go to InfoWarsStore. These are great products that really work and are amazing. Plus, they keep us on air. 
So again, please take action. Go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, InfoWars has proven itself the last 28 years to be over the globalist target and having the biggest effect out there against those tyrants. And we fund our operation with viewers and listeners' support while selling you great products at the same time. So I want to thank all the viewers and listeners who have supported us over the years by spreading the word, praying for the broadcast, and buying product. But I really want to encourage those of you that have been on the fence and have never actually gone to InfoWarsStore.com to go there and get the great books and films and supplements and survival gear that's there that won't just empower you and enrich your life, but again, will keep this broadcast transmitting. So whether it's Real Red Pill Plus or our super high-quality CBD oil or the 50% off or our great physio magnesium product or whether it's Down and Out, our great sleep bay that's back in stock, it's all there. Our turmeric, 95% humanoid, strongest out there, turmeric 95. It's all available at InfoWarsStore.com, and it keeps us on the air. So make the decision to enrich your life and keep us on air, InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser, subbing in for the great Harrison Bill Smith. When we ask the question, who is responsible for the decline in America, the only question we must ask in order to identify the culprit is who's benefiting from this decline? When you ask a leftist who is responsible for the decline in America, they say that it is capitalism or the patriarchy or racism or bigotry. But really what they're doing is they're mischaracterizing capitalism. What they call capitalism is fascism. We haven't had capitalism in this country in a long time, perhaps a century, not really since the establishment of the Federal Reserve, as we were talking about at the beginning of this show this morning. It's not capitalism when 25% of the money you make working is taken by the government by force. That's fascism. It's not capitalism when private businesses are unable to operate operate without the oversight of the government. That's fascism. It's not capitalism when social media platforms are censoring freedom of speech because of the influence of government entities like the FBI, that's fascism. It's not capitalism when the government takes the money that you make and then gives it to foreign entities, foreign nations, and benefits from the kickback through the money that is spent with contractors. We're in a situation right now in Ukraine, as I'm sure you're well aware, our government is giving billions of dollars to Ukraine. And if you look closely and do a little bit of research, not on YouTube or Google, you'll see very clearly that much of the Ukrainian culture is explicitly and self-proclaimed Nazi, actually fascist. 
And so the government is taking your money. It is lending it to fascists, self-proclaimed Nazis in Ukraine. And then Ukraine is using that money to purchase supplies and weapons from contractors. Those contractors then pay taxes on that profit and Ukraine is supposed to pay it back with interest. So really there is a substantial amount of money being made by both private contractors and the government off of the Ukraine war. Now, of course, if Ukraine is totally conquered and and falls apart, it will be unable to pay back the money that we have given it. But I think that on the right, we've sort of mischaracterized what's actually going on there. There's often the complaint, why are we spending and giving so much money to Ukraine? And it's not actually a charity. It's a scheme. We're loaning it to them. They're supposed to pay it back. Who knows if they will or not. But even if they don't pay it back, when they spend it with our military contractors, private entities, people providing supplies, that money comes back into our economy. So this is just a way for our politicians and the political industrial complex to make billions upon billions of dollars off of death and murder and destruction. And so there's not really an incentive for these entities to end the war. Frankly, I think that's the reason that so many of our wars last as long as they do. Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam, because there's so much money to be made off of it. There's a conflict of interest there. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, we know that the Biden crime family was directly making money off of Ukraine before this invasion during Joe Biden's vice presidency. And there's substantial evidence that there was kickback directly into their pockets. That's not capitalism. That's fascism. So when the left, it's like, oh, it's this, this, this capitalist system is, is, is a system of exploitation. They're not describing capitalism, which is the, 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 the trade or the exchange of value among consenting adults. They're just rebranding capitalism as they're so talented at doing rebranding in general. They're rebranding capitalism as inherently fascist. Meanwhile, they're making billions of dollars off of fascism itself explicit fascism of course it's ironic after years of being called a nazi on social media because i supported trump or because i'm a gop or that they would actually have a flag in their bio that might as well be the flag of the third reich in my opinion so can the left excuse me can the right Save America. What is the right doing? So we know what the left is doing. They're exploiting. What is the right doing? They're doing the exact same thing. I believe, and you'll have to fact check me on this, but I believe that Dan Crenshaw was among the top five uh, members of our government in terms of return on investment for his portfolio. We have these money laundering schemes in place, and our politicians all benefit from them, and they're all protected from insider trading laws because they pass legislation to protect themselves from it. And on the right, we see our politicians say time and time again that they want to cut spending, but then they vote for every single budget. I mean, every, every single year, eventually, a presidential budget is approved. Sometimes we shut down the government and don't pay TSA for a couple of weeks, and then we pay them back pay. 
but it always passes. And frankly, I think that the right, in terms of the political class, doesn't really believe that our problems are as grave as they are. I think that they see the left as their buddies. And of course, when they are talking heads on any media platform, they're antagonistic to their opponents, but countless videos and images and reportings of them smiling together, laughing together. They're friends, they're buddies. They're all part of the same club. But I don't think that the Republican political class realizes that the outcome of leftist total victory in this country is total collapse of our country. Because when leftists win throughout history, I'm talking leftists, I mean Marxists, when they win, the only outcome is join or die. It happens over and over again. Happens in the Soviet Union, happens in North Korea, it happens in China. And they're either fine with this outcome on the right as well, or they're just in denial as to the reality of it. Michael Malice just published a great book. I believe it's called The White Pill. And in that book, he emphasizes that Americans don't understand how bad things can get. And, and the point that he makes in the book, I think is a, is a valid point. He's like, look, we're really far away from this communist outcome. This is what it really looks like. This is how terrible things really get. And we're not anywhere close to that. No one person can bring us there. And I think that he makes a good point. I think it's a valid position. But on the other side of that coin, our ignorance as to how bad things can get has made us complacent in the decisions and the policies that manifest those terrible, tragic, genocidal outcomes. Stick with us after this break. We'll be back to dive in more. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words plan for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsStore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a thousand left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and The War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsStore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I'm going to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate them to the library or give them to the local school. This is an InfoWar. I'm counting on you and thank you for your support. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. The left has brought us to this point over the last 100 years, and the right has allowed it to happen. So if if the left is causing this problem, perpetuating it, and worsening it, and the right is consistently failing to reverse it or address it, 
then what is the solution? And frankly, in my opinion, I think the only solution is a populist awakening among the people. It happened so slow. You've heard the metaphor time and time again. If you throw a frog into boiling water, it'll immediately hop out. But if you put a frog in a pot of room temperature water and turn up the heat, it'll remain there until it's too late. And that's been our failure as the American people. We have been unaware until this point that we are sitting in a pot of water that is quickly reaching a state of boiling hot. So we have to have a populist awakening. And I think that's happening. Fortunate, fortunately, I've had the experience of being able to travel and engage with different people all over the country. I've lived in several major cities and I'm from a small town and I visit small towns frequently to be with friends and family. And the conversations, even among my friends who were traditionally left-wing or at least moderate, has gone more and more in the direction of, oh, wow, the government is actually responsible for this and there aren't any good guys to vote for. And I think that this awakening is going to continue. And so the question then becomes, what are the parties going to look like once the American people truly wake up? Obviously, the left is just going to deny, 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 lie, 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 go further and further left. And so the right is going to be faced with a decision it's going to have to make. It's going to have to decide to change or die. The Republican Party in this country will cease to exist within our lifetimes if it does not change, if it does not adapt. Because the political environment in this country is changing, the people are waking up, and it has to make a decision as to whether or not it's going to be a party of the political class, of the political industrial complex, or if it's going to be a party of the American people. And we see time and time again that our politicians on the right, our leaders that we elect on the right, the Mitch McConnells of the right, are reluctant to refer to themselves as populist. There's exceptions. There's the Marjorie Taylor Greens and others who are less shy of the term. And I think the reason they're reluctant to refer to themselves as populist is because when you use the word populist, it has a connotation of collectivism. And no Republican wants to be perceived as a collectivist by any means because the constituents, the voter base of, of, of the right in America is inherently anti-collectivism and pro-individualism. They're worried that populism is considered too close to nationalism or fascism. But true populism cannot be fascist. Because populism is a political philosophy about what's good for the people. American populism is what is good for the average American person. And if you follow the logic path, you'll realize that what's best for the individual is what's best for the people as a whole. Because the people are made of individuals. You cannot have a healthy people without individual rights. There's no such thing as black rights or trans rights or gay rights. There are only individual rights. Groups do not have rights. Only individuals have rights. 
You do not inherit rights by virtue of being a part of a group. You are born with your rights as bestowed upon you by God. So you can't truly be a populist without being an individualist. Sort of counterintuitive. But our Republicans, our leaders on the right, are too afraid to embrace that fact because of the optics. Instead, we have Republicans, literally named after Republic, advocating for democracy. And of course, we saw the left after January 6th and on countless other occasions that are just exhausting to think about. We saw the left time and time again use the expression, XYZ is a threat to our democracy. ABC is a threat to our democracy. And our right-wing leaders bought it. They advocate democracy all the time. Did you know that the word democracy is not mentioned once in our constitution? We are a republic. And I know people just say that and they throw it around and it gets tired and cliche. But it's a very important distinction. If you want to see what democracy looks like, go on YouTube and search Rodney King. That's democracy because everybody you'll see in that video, the majority of people in that video got what they wanted. That's what a democracy looks like. A democracy is when a majority can outvote the rights of a minority. And so our political right, our leaders on the right, fail to realize that democracy is anti-American. And I'm not advocating for authoritarianism or tyranny. That's anti-American too. But the leading cause of tyranny throughout history has been democracy. Name a democracy that didn't turn into an authoritarian state within few centuries there are even some historians actual scholars credentialed and reputable who would state that america is the longest standing democracy it's the oldest democracy consecutive that could be disputed first of all i would dispute it because we're not supposed to be a democracy maybe we are now we're supposed to be a republic but there's an angle there what does that say about democracy It's not really a sustainable system. So why is it that we've allowed, as American people, why is it that we've allowed our leaders on the right who say the things we want them to say, who say they represent us, who seem to represent us, why is it that we have allowed them to shift to a political philosophy, a democratic philosophy that is A, fundamentally anti-American, and B, proven to be antagonistic toward individual rights and liberty. It's not enough to know the truth, though. We can be aware of this, but if you simply know the truth and do not speak it and do not act it, then it is worthless. Again, I'll bring up Michael Malice's book that I mentioned in the last segment, The White Pill. There were many people who were aware in Soviet Russia that the system wasn't working. They knew that starvation was inevitable, that everything was broken, that communism led to a greater despair than they could possibly have imagined. But they dare not speak it or act on it because if they would speak it or act on it, They would be thrown in the gulag or killed or their children would be killed. 
So if you know the truth, it is your duty to act on it, to speak it, which of course is why the political industrial complex has done everything in its power to censor the truth on social media. But if our party doesn't change, if the, if, if the grand old party doesn't change, it will die. And when it dies, it will be replaced. This is the only hope for America. Stick with us. We'll be back with more after this break. Make sure you guys check out the one powerhouse ingredient, all new formulas, introducing ashwagandha gummies and ashwagandha plus black pepper capsules from InfoWars MD. 25% off introductory pricing. We'll go into more details on that awesome product in the next segment. Stick with us. We're going to dive in and get to the bottom of this. The fight against the New World Order is now the top story in the world. The globalists are in deep trouble, but they're striking back with all their deep state operatives to shut down InfoWars and other truth tellers like James O'Keefe and Tucker Carlson and countless others. So please pray for us now more than ever. Spread the word about the broadcast and get great products to keep us on air and fund our operation while at the same time enriching your life. Now, we've got three new products available at InfoWarsStore.com and a bestseller back in stock. We have the amazing Dr. Jones Naturals turmeric toothpaste and so much more. Find out more at InfoWarsStore.com. We have the ashwagandha root pills with black powder extract to accelerate your libido, stamina, testosterone. And we have pure ashwagandha gummies at InfoWarsStore.com as well. These are all the highest quality products. The prebiotic is now finally back in stock. They're all there at InfoWarsStore.com. So please take action now. Enrich your life, empower your body, and keep us on air. Please take action now. InfoWarsStore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. that are possible for the future of America. Total victory for the American people and an American populist movement, the America First movement, or total collapse of our nation caused by globalism. We see that the left 
through its Marxist policies has catalyzed our problems and the right has been complacent and every bit is corrupt in my opinion. And the interesting thing about Marxism that is again so obvious from history is that it's actually the system of exploitation. Marx is famous for criticizing capitalism as being a system of exploitation by saying, oh, the property owners or the capitalists or the employers own everything and they exploit the working class, the labor class, by underpaying them, using them, using their lives and their time and their skills just to increase their profits while this class does not gain any wealth. That was Marx's criticism of capitalism in short. But we saw the manifestation of communism. Every communist country has had to expand and exploit in order to sustain itself. Capitalism has never caused genocide. Capitalism has not killed 100 million people like the Great Leap Forward did between 1958 and 1962. Capitalism has not killed tens of millions of people like the mass starvation under the Soviet Union caused by the seizure of crops and food from the farmers and the redistribution of it inefficiently and corruptly. Communism caused that. And in every instance that a communist nation throughout history has been unable to continue its expansion of exploitation, it has collapsed on itself. China exists because it exploits the United States and, of course, its own people through the cheap labor. Without our capitalism, there is no CCP. We prop it up as its number one customer. When the Soviet Union failed to continue its expansion at a quick enough rate, at least, during the Cold War, its economy collapsed. North Korea, of course, is on the verge of collapse and leans on China like a drunk brother. Countless time and time again, we see that communism, Marxism, leftism is not self-sustaining. It has to expand in order to last, just like a Ponzi scheme or a Bernie, Bernie Madoff, right? As long as you're getting more investors to put money into the scam, you can make it look as if your original investors are actually making returns. But as soon as you run out of new revenue, it falls apart like a house of cards. And so with these leftist policies, there's not only expansion and exploitation, but there must be globalism. Because without globalism, leftist leaders, politicians, members of the leftist political class would be unable to sustain and maintain their power. This has been the cause of globalism in our world over the last 100 years. As power is conglomerated among fewer and fewer people in any political class, whether it's our nation or any other nation, as it is conglomerated, the representation, the accountability to the people is eroded. Leaders all over the world are no longer accountable to remotely close the same extent to the people as they were decades ago. Year over year, it gets worse and worse. 
And what happens then is these leaders of these nations come together and they assist one another in maintaining their power. And by assisting one another in sustaining their power, the accountability shifts or the representation rather shifts. No longer do our leaders represent our people, but they, re- they represent those who actually keep them in power. Other leaders, right? Do you think that Zelensky represents Ukraine or NATO? Because NATO is really what's keeping him in power. Do you think that Joe Biden represents the United States or members of the political industrial complex that consistently cover for him? Doesn't he represent those who hide stories like the Hunter Biden laptop? Doesn't he represent those who pay him kickbacks through government contracts? And so with populism, a true loyalty and devotion and love of the people. We see that it's inseparable from patriotism. I don't believe that you can really be a patriot without being a populist. You can have it in your heart that you want to be a patriot. You can love your country, but to actually manifest that love, it requires action and action is based off of will and will comes from values and circumstances. And the reason I say that I think you have to be a populist in order to be a patriot is because if you love your country, you should love what's best for the people of your country. And if you want what's best for the people of your country, then you must want what's best for individuals. Don't forget the individual is the greatest minority of all. So no one can claim to be a proponent of minority rights and simultaneously harm individual rights. And so the way forward is a return to populism, to patriotism and to a restructuring of our system such that globalism is not an option such that leftism and Marxism are not options. Because as long as they are options, that's what any government, any power entity is going to shift toward. The only thing that power desires is to either maintain or grow its power. And with leftist systems in place, growth is the only option. Growth of power is the only option. Because it is not self-sustaining. One of my favorite scenes from the House of Cards, as Frank Underwood says, treading, trending, excuse me, treading water is the same as drowning. So in order for us to be patriots, we must be populists. And in order for us to be populists, we must be individualists. And by individualists, I mean wanting what's best for individuals because that's what the people are made of and the country is made of, we have to advocate maximum personal freedom because it's impossible for an individual to become the best version of himself or herself if he or she does not have the freedom to do what it takes. You cannot become the best version of yourself if one out of every four days that you work, you work for the state and you're not able to keep 
the benefits of your labor. I cannot become the best version of myself if I'm getting letters from the IRS that are inaccurate, charging way too much in taxes, charging interest on top of that, or if I have to hire a lawyer because I'm constantly being charged with false crimes, as we're well aware of in this space. It makes me think of Kyle Rittenhouse specifically. He was on my podcast a number of weeks ago. Really nice kid. And the tragedy of his situation is that his example is one of a person who was accused of a criminal offense, was found not guilty by a jury, and now has to face all the civil suits, right? Because criminal courts and civil courts are different. You can be tried for the same event in a civil court, even if you've been exonerated in a criminal court. This is a person who's innocent and unable to go to college because they're saturated with lawsuits, having to raise tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay legal fees, recognized virtually anywhere that he goes. As a result of just lies. And so he's been robbed of his ability to reach the full potential that he had because he's had to dedicate so much time to combating this injustice. Stick with us for the next segment. We're going to have a good hour next hour. Make sure you go to band.video and infowarsstore.com and get you something. Ladies and gentlemen, InfoWars has proven itself the last 28 years to be over the globalist target and having the biggest effect out there against those tyrants. And we fund our operation with viewers and listeners' support while selling you great products at the same time. So I want to thank all the viewers and listeners who have supported us over the years by spreading the word, praying for the broadcast, and buying product. But I really want to encourage those of you that have been on the fence that have never actually gone to InfoWarsStore.com to go there and get the great books and films and supplements and survival gear that's there that won't just empower you and enrich your life, but again, will keep this broadcast transmitting. So whether it's Real Red Pill Plus or our super high-quality CBD oil or the 50% off or our great physio magnesium product or whether it's Down and Out, our great sleep bay that's back in stock, it's all there. Our turmeric, 95% humanoid, strongest out there, turmeric 95. It's all available at InfoWarsStore.com, and it keeps us on the air. So make the decision to enrich your life and keep us on air, InfoWarsStore.com. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I've been talking a lot about the left versus the right and the uniparty during this morning's show. You know, and the more I think about it, it occurs to me that the leftists have one great adversary yet to overcome, and that is the American individual. And we talked about how the left has caused the vast majority of the problems that we faced, leftism. And I'm not just talking about the Democratic Party. I'm, just, I'm talking about leftists, right? 
through expansion of government, through expansion of individual dependence on government and, and individual subjugation to government, through the expansion of things like public education, which on the surface sounds like a good thing, but when you look at it in the context of inflation, you realize that since both parents have to work two or three jobs in order to make ends meet, it ultimately results in the outsourcing of the raising of our children to the state. I believe the number is 91% of American children go to public school. That means that 91% of Americans today are being raised by the state, at least half shared custody for sure. And with this cause of our desperation, which is going to get much worse. I don't know when, I don't know if it's this year or next year, and I don't know, it could be 50 years from now. I'm not trying to say that the apocalypse is right at our door, but it's inevitable with the way things are going. With this cause of desperation from the left and the right's complacency or ignorance of it over so long, and the American people allowing it to happen because it was such a slow boil. We have to ask ourselves, what does that mean for us? What should we do? What can we do as Americans to solve the problem? And I'm going to tie this back into what I mentioned at the very beginning of the show today. Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. I've been reluctant to commit to Donald Trump for this primary. Of course, I'd vote for him in the general, but for the primary, because there's a lot of things about him that I have questions about. Um, Not like corruption or integrity or anything like that, but he's going to be 78 when he goes into his next term, for example. So he'll be the same age as Biden by the time he's out. That's an example of a concern of mine. I didn't like the way that he handled a lot of the pandemic, but hindsight's 2020. And I don't have a problem with Ron DeSantis. Uh, He's never said anything that I can think of that I really disagreed with to a large extent. Obviously, the people in Florida love him. He's done a good job as a governor. But he is of the party. And Donald Trump is not of the party. And the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are a uniparty. So indirectly, Ron DeSantis is heavily influenced by the enemies of America. I don't think he's intentionally sold out. I wouldn't go so far as to make a claim as to his character. But there is no way that his decisions and behavior would not be more of the same of what we've had. And of course, we know that when leftists are in power, the rapidity, the rapidness, the quickness of how the decline goes is astoundingly more. I mean, look at everything that's happened since Joe Biden came into office. But when Republicans are in power, the decline still happens. It's just sort of slowed down. Only Donald Trump can reverse it because he's not of the uniparty. He's something else. I really want you to think about that. And it's unfortunate that we've gotten to this point where it boils down to one man, similar to how we relied so much on Elon Musk is one man to save Twitter from censorship. But I'm going to dive more in to the case for Donald Trump and why I'm supporting him in the primary. 
watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. I'm going to be taking your calls later on this morning. Make sure you guys call in at one 789 2539 I'd love to hear what you think about all this. So we sort of established that the ultimate outcome of the way that our political system works is globalism, right? Because globalism is the only way that this non-self-sufficient system can perpetuate itself and sustain power for the political class for the longest period of time. And so how is it that the political class is able to bring about globalism? How is it that the political class has been able throughout history to expand power over a rapid period of time. A lot of people don't realize this, but when the Nazi party came into power in 1933, I believe only one in 40 Germans was a member of the Nazi party. Everybody else was a member of something else. And very rapidly, almost instantly, that party was able to totally change the political structure of the nation and ultimately impact the entirety of Europe and the world within like 10 years. How is it that these institutions make these changes so rapidly? How is it that corruption like a bankruptcy is slow and then all of a sudden? And it's because When people are desperate, they very quickly sacrifice themselves or trade their freedoms or their thought in exchange for some semblance, some hope of relief. We know that Germany was struggling in 1933. The Great Depression was impacting the entire world. The currency was collapsing in Germany. People were carrying wheelbarrows of cash into the grocery store in order to buy loaves of bread. And through this desperation, the suicide rate was through the roof. Unemployment was upwards of 33%, meaning one in three people, able-bodied people, many of them veterans from World War I, were looking for work and there just wasn't any. Not to mention all of the reparations and and, 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 uh, fines, fees, penalties, whatever you would call it, that the Germans were forced to pay after World War I because they were accused, of course, of starting it, though questionable that claim is. This desperation caused an entire populace to identify the wrong culprit and turn a blind eye to one of the greatest acts of explicit violence on a population in history. So, back to the question. How is it that our government means to establish globalism? How is it that the political industrial complex can actually manifest its vision of total subjugation of the world? And the only way to do that is through desperation. Never waste a good crisis, right? We saw with COVID, they certainly used that to change election procedures, keep people locked up, make people desperate, take away the strongest aspect of Trump's presidency, the strength of the economy. 
Then they use it as an excuse to print an astronomical amount of money, which inflated the currency, which is bringing about more pain now on the middle class. I know I feel it. They used it to mitigate our rights, to censor more on social media so we can speak less. They used it to line their own pockets through the amount of money that was made by the pharmaceutical companies. The desperation that was caused from the pandemic was something that they were happy to see, in my opinion. And the worse things get and the more rapidly they get worse, the easier it is for them to expand and globalize. This is why I believe that there's only one man that can save. I actually believe that there's only one man that can save this country. It it can't be an establishment Republican. It can't be an establishment Democrat because that which is of a system is just that it's, it's of a system. And I just don't trust that our parties, either of them will do anything to make America heal not because I think all members of the parties are necessarily bad people, but just because neither party has improved the country ever. It has to be an outsider. It has to be someone who isn't caught up in the wave. The momentum of just perpetual expansion and desperation and kicking of the can and the growing of a problem and the ignoring of it. So I, I decided, I mean, I decided this this morning. I was, I was up at three in the morning and I was just kind of thinking about what I want to talk about today. And I, I decided that I, I got to vote for Trump. I, he's, I don't know what the other, who else is going to be our hero. And it's unfortunate that we've gotten to a place where we are relying on individuals to come in and miraculously solve these major problems. Like I said, at the end of the last segment with the example of Elon Musk, we shouldn't have to rely on a billionaire with good values to solve a problem as big as the censorship problem was on Twitter and frankly, social media for a whole. And it's unfortunate that we've gotten to a place where we need individuals to come in and fix this problem because the system was supposed to be designed in our country so that even if bad people were running things, there was going to be checks and balances to the extent that Corruption was capped. It was supposed to be governed and inhibited. And slowly but surely, those checks and balances were imbalanced. And when that happens, you have to have like a Messiah figure come in and fix everything. You have to have an individual come in and change everything. And that can go one of two ways. Germany needed a radical individual to come in in 1933 and change things. Otherwise, they were going to continue starving and dying and suffering. But unfortunately, oftentimes when that happens, you over empower that individual and they do terrible, terrible things. And I don't believe Trump's a bad person. I don't think, I mean, I'm not trying to compare him to Hitler by any means. I'm just using that as an example of this climate that we're heading toward. But the only way that we can correct this, in my opinion, is if we have certain individual heroes come in and make the radical changes that need to be made in order to fix the system. I do want to talk more about it next segment because that solution is just not sufficient. It's, 
it's not satisfying to just lean on the hope that someone is going to do it all for us, right? I'm a middle-class American and I don't want to wait around for some distant individual with loads of money or loads of influence or personality or audacity. I don't want to sit around and wait for that person to save the world. I want to do what I can as one American. It's why I called my podcast One American Podcast to change it. In the next segment, I want to talk a little bit about how this applies to what we can do as individuals to actually save the country and not sit and wait for someone else to do it for us. Before I do that, I do want to make sure that you guys go over to InfoWarsStore.com. After years of being off the shelves, we are bringing back one of the biggest fan favorite formulas we've ever offered with even better ingredients, Ultimate Bone Broth Plus. Other top-selling bone broth products on the market are the same price but are just powdered broth without any of the powerhouse ingredients InfoWars Life brings to the table to make this the ultimate bone broth formula. Make sure you check it out at InfoWarsStore.com. Now, 25% off at InfoWars.com. Ultimate bone broth is back and better than ever. Make sure you stick with us. Next segment, we're going to talk about what you can do as individuals. We're going to take some calls. Make sure that you call in one 877 I want to hear what you guys think about all this, what you think about Trump versus DeSantis, and what you think about the future of America. We'll talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new toothpaste that my dad, a retired dentist and oral surgeon, developed. Dr. Jones Naturals turmeric toothpaste that just came into stock. And I got to tell you, I got samples of this months ago, and it is amazing. The way it makes your gums feel, what it does to your mouth, is insane. We know turmeric is an antioxidant and anti-inflammatory and does such great things for the body. Then you add that with tea tree oil and a bunch of other essential oils, it is just dynamite. It is so good to detox and attack inflammation in your mouth. I want to challenge everybody to try the new toothpaste at InfoWarsStore.com. Dr. Jones Naturals Turmeric Toothpaste. And while you're at it, check out the new Ashwagandha line of products. We have Ashwagandha with black pepper extract for your libido, your testosterone in pill form. And we have the pure Ashwagandha root gummies as well. Now available at InfoWarsStore.com. They're amazing products and they fund the InfoWar. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me. Not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person. Because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
1-877-789-2539. We will be taking calls this hour and hopefully some this segment. I'm almost done with my rant. But I do want to talk about American principles and why we shouldn't be shy to espouse them. Which sounds obvious on the front, but I want to talk a little bit more deeply about it. We hear this criticism from the left oftentimes that we live in a patriarchy society. We live in a bigoted society. We're colonizers. And to say that there's anything good about our culture is somehow the same as condoning anything evil we've ever done. If we say that we love American principles, then the left will say that we love slavery because America had slaves at one point in time. If we say that we love the founding fathers, then the left will say that we don't believe women should have the same rights as men because things were different back then and they were obviously okay with it, right? But without talking about race or gender or immutable characteristics, because I really only believe in individuals, regardless of whatever trend there may be in any arbitrary group that we assign someone or arbitrary identity that we assign someone. I don't believe that any race is inherently superior or, or inferior to any other. I don't believe that any gender is inherently superior or in, inferior to another or any sexuality even for that matter. In terms of human value and value, in terms of human value and contribution to our society. But I do believe that Western civilization, Western culture, and specifically Americanism is the superior culture in written history of all time. I believe that American culture is superior to Australian culture. I believe that American culture is superior to Chinese culture. I don't believe that white people are superior to Chinese people, but I believe that our Americanism is greater than the Chinese culture or the Japanese culture or the Russian culture or the Ukrainian culture, any other culture, whether past or present, even ancient Greece. Talk about Democrats. They made the whole thing up. But didn't that, didn't that turn into dictatorship eventually for them? Like when they got conquered by Rome and then, yeah, I don't know. I believe that freedom of religion is superior to religious oppression. I believe that the liberation of the slaves, which was something that came out of Americanism, it was America finally being honest with itself about living according to the values that it espoused at its founding in the documents that we hold dear. I believe that the liberation of slavery is superior to the human trafficking that we see all over the world. Of course, we see it here too. I believe that the eradication of poverty that our free market has catalyzed over 200 years, less and less now that it's less and less of a free market. I believe that the eradication of poverty is superior than the subjugation of a collectivist mass or collective mass. I believe that the catalyzation of innovation landing on the moon. Yeah, I believe we landed on the moon. Inventing the internet 
inventing the car, inventing the airplane. I believe that the catalyzation of innovation is, is superior to the treading of water that we see in so many other cultures. And I believe that a second renaissance is coming. The question is whether or not this rebirth that we face is going to be a rebirth of evil or good. Because the way we are going is inevitably going to lead to desperation. I believe the dollar is going to eventually collapse. I believe there's going to have to be a reckoning. This is unsustainable. And whenever anything collapses, something else is reborn, whether it happens instantly or whether it takes hundreds of years like it did during the Dark Ages something will be reborn. The people that occupy this continent, that occupy what is called the United States, will have children, will have grandchildren, will have great-grandchildren, descendants for centuries on this land, regardless of whether or not the United States even exists. Something will be reborn. And we talked in the last segment about Trump and how we need a hero I mentioned at the end that I wanted to talk about how individuals can actually do something to make America a better place and have an impact. And frankly, as cliche as it sounds, the fact of the matter is the best thing that you can do for your country is be the best version of yourself because your country is made up of you. If I make myself a better person, I make America a better nation because I am a very small part of America. The same goes for you and everyone else who sets foot in our nation. And so what you have to do, when you know the truth, you have to share it. And when you know the truth, you have to act upon it. I'm not talking about insurrection or violence, but I am talking about real action. And there's different degrees to which one can act. There were a lot of people during the civil rights movement that agreed with the civil rights movement and watched hopefully from their living rooms. And there are other people who believed in the civil rights movement and took the water, the fire hose and did the sit-ins. There's different degrees to which you can make your country a better place and act according to your values. The simplest way, the least controversial way, the least dangerous way, the safest way to do it is by making yourself the best version of yourself that you possibly can. Make your bed, as Jordan Peterson says. Prosper. Make as much money as you can. Don't do it at the expense of other people, but do it doing what you love. Don't sacrifice yourself and your values and your own happiness for your boss or people who you think are your friends. Maybe they're not. Be true to yourself. Have self-esteem. Because how, how can you be true to your country if you're constantly betraying the one American you're closest to, yourself. If you rise like the sun, always, every morning, always, you will shine so bright that anyone with the faintest semblance of America in his heart will flock to you. Like our forefathers, flocked to this continent when they fled despotism. With that, I want to talk about a way that you can make yourself better right now. Go to InfoWarsStore.com. Better known as Indian ginseng, ashwagandha is an herb that has been used for centuries in traditional Ayurvedic medicine. It's been shown to have several potential health benefits, 
including aiding in the reduction of stress and anxiety, helping with the improvement of cognitive function, and assisting immune system functionality. Not to mention making you a better American and America a better place. Make sure you check it out. One powerhouse ingredient to all new formulas. Visit InfoWarsStore.com. Stick with us. Next segment, I promise I'm going to take some of these calls. Make sure you call in. 1-877-789-2539. And I will talk to you. The fight against the New World Order is now the top story in the world. The globalists are in deep trouble, but they're striking back with all their deep state operatives to shut down InfoWars and other truth tellers like James O'Keefe and Tucker Carlson and countless others. So please pray for us now more than ever. Spread the word about the broadcast and get great products to keep us on air and fund our operation while at the same time enriching your life. Now, we've got three new products available at InfoWarsStore.com and a bestseller back in stock. We have the amazing Dr. Jones Naturals turmeric toothpaste and so much more. Find out more at InfoWarsStore.com. We have the ashwagandha root pills with black powder extract to accelerate your libido, stamina, testosterone. And we have pure ashwagandha gummies at InfoWarsStore.com as well. These are all the highest quality products. The prebiotic is now finally back in stock. They're all there at InfoWarsStore.com. So please take action now. Enrich your life, empower your body, and keep us on air. Please take action now. InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal. With your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. We are running into the storm this segment, not just sitting idly by. Taking some calls. I want to talk to Jimmy in San Diego. What's going on, Jimmy? Are you with us, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm with you. How are you, sir? Good, good. I wanted to say I haven't been sick in three years ever since this damn COVID BS started. I've been taking vitamin C with zinc and vitamin D3, and I have not been sick in three years, bro. And I've been around people who have been plenty sick. Well, I'm glad to hear that, man. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. How funny would it have been if the vaccine with all the boosters was just a vitamin D shot. They probably would have had better results and like no side effects. Why didn't they just load it up with vitamin D and saline? <laughs> oh, they want to kill everybody. That's why bastards, man. Yeah. I understand Jeez. what you mean. So I, uh, saw here that you wanted to talk a little bit about, um, globalism getting a hold of the blockchain. What do you mean by that? You know what the crypto blockchain is, right? Of course. Yeah. There you got, you got Ethereum blockchain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, it's under. It's in my opinion that if uh, we keep these uh, globalists away from crypto, long as you, long as you have your seed words and your uh, crypto wallet, they cannot get get at it. That's you're the only person that can get to that money or coins, and uh, it would be peer to peer transfers. You know. Yeah, that's a really good point. 
I'm a firm believer in going that direction too. I'm not sure if the answer is cryptocurrency or blockchain or not. I'm not opposed to it, but we certainly can't have the current monetary system that we have where absolutely not right the money's just it's backed by nothing we're seeing banks collapse they're having to bail them out they print more then the middle class shrinks or vanishes the poor get poorer and then in turn they vote for more government services which makes it worse and then all of a sudden you have a communism right so it's got to be something to fix this yeah and i mean that's why we got to be very vigilant on how because they're going to try and make their own cryptocurrency the globalist uh, government you know the cronies that they got running around in our government and um, it's, so it's a fine line of what's going to happen. And, and that's my my advice is to uh, never keep your coins on an exchange, mm-hmm. only to trade and, and, and cash in, cash out. But you shouldn't trade anyway. You should just stake, you know? Yeah. And, um, and ICO offerings, them are dangerous ones too, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Me thank you. My, Thank you so much for your call, man. I, I do want to take this next call because it's an interesting subject, but I totally agree with you that we need to do something in order to pivot away from uh, the, the blockchain tech. I want to take uh, Al from Wisconsin. Oh, excuse me. I couldn't tell if it was AI or Al. How are you doing, AI eater? Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. I can hear you well. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah now I can. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk. You're a, a Scottish right Mason Yep. guy right yes sir yeah uh i'm not gonna be like or anything no, that's okay uh but i had some questions for you and, and thank you first by the way for uh talking about america like that. it's such a nice flavor i appreciate fresh that. meat you know uh I, I, you know and I, all the other intelligent stuff you said so i, I broke my jaw oh, uh, sorry man before so bear with me if i if i miss if i misspeak or something it's kind of hard for me to talk sometimes but anyway uh since you're a mason I wanted you to explain to me, like I'm a kid, like the a couple sim, uh, symbolism stuff, like the checkerboard, the uh, finger of providence, and um, that type of stuff, and like the compass. Yeah, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do that. So the the checkerboard, just black and white floor, is. I believe based off of the original design of the floor in King Solomon's temple and in Freemasonry, the symbol of the checkerboard, most symbols in Freemasonry have multiple meanings, uh, but there's sort of like a primary one, right? So the checkerboard is a symbol for how in life, sometimes you're on a white tile and sometimes you're on a dark tile. So if you're going through a good period of time, be prepared for a hard period of time ahead. And if you're going through a hard period of time, have hope that the next tile is like a light tile. So it's sort of, and it ties into the double-headed eagle that you see in the, in the Scottish Rite, which some say is a, a symbol for looking to the past and the future simultaneously. It's, there's a lot of duality in Freemasonry. I've found that it's very symmetrical, similar to how architecture is often symmetrical. Um, and that's really the main theme from what I understand from my experience in Freemasonry of what um, the checkerboard means. One of the cool things about Freemasonry is that the symbols, there's not like a gospel or a rule. There are explanations to the symbols, but they're supposed to speak to you differently at different pages or at different chapters throughout your life. So as I've been a Mason for 10 years, each of the symbols, when I reflect on them, has 
spoken to me a little bit differently. As far as the compasses are concerned, the compasses are used to circumscribe your desires. So you're supposed to keep your desires within due bounds, right? So if you are a lustful person, you're supposed to keep that under control so you don't cheat on your wife or, I don't know, uh, hook up with the wrong person or, or get, get the wrong person involved in your life, that sort of thing. Or uh, I, there's also an emphasis in, in, in Freemasonry, at least in America, in um, making sure that you're not intemperate, uh, especially with like drinking. It's not a Masonic offense to, to get drunk, but there was a time in American history when Freemasons were notoriously drunk um, and it was starting to harm the reputation of the uh, fraternity because these guys were going out and they were smoking cigars and they were drinking and it was just like a sloppy thing. And so there's really an emphasis just from tradition in like making sure that you don't behave in such a way that is a bad reflection on your individual character or the fraternity. And that's what the compasses are. The square under the compasses is so that you can square your contact, your, your, your conduct rather. So with the compasses, you keep your desires under control. And then with the square, you um, actually act morally uh, in response to that. The other aspect of that is that square lies flat on a surface and compasses lie vertical. So one aspect is metaphysical or spiritual, while another aspect is um, uh, physical, right? So you're supposed to inform the way that you act based off of your spiritual values, right? So act in accordance with your God, right? So if you're Christian, act in accordance with your, your Christian values, if you're Muslim, whatever. And um, you actually see... Um, some, I'm wearing my grandfather's 32nd degree Masonic ring. I actually didn't find out that he was a Freemason until I um, already kind of joined the fraternity, but there's all sorts of different symbols here. Uh, this is the double-headed eagle that I was talking about. This is an old ring from, I think, the 50s. It's got some symbols on it. It's got the a rosy cross there as well, which comes from Rosicrucianism. But good question. Sorry that I rambled a little bit. I can get carried away talking about Masonry. I'm very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, and then uh, also the, the the finger of providence, and then uh, wondering also if it's true that um, Buzz Aldrin uh, put a Masonic flag on the moon, or did he just take one flag and bring it back? Oh, that's a good question. So I can't really speak much on the finger of providence. There are like hundreds of symbols in Freemasonry, and some of them are emphasized much more than others. Um, so I'm not really able to speak on that with any authority. I've heard that Buzz Aldrin brought a flag to the moon. I know that he was a Freemason, um, but I'm not sure if that's actually true or not. But technically, the moon is under the jurisdiction of the Grand Lodge of Texas because uh, the first Mason on the moon was a Texas Freemason. So if there's ever a lodge on the moon, it'll be under the Grand Lodge of Texas. Mm-hmm. It's on their uh, web, the Scottish Rite okay. website. That's why I brought up, and there's a picture with him and some... some uh, other guy there um what about the uh, eye eye on top of the pyramid deal yeah that can mean a number of things we will talk more about that in the next segment though we do have to go to a break make sure you guys stick with us visit infowarsstore.com and we'll be back right after this break The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that 
He's getting women out of the household and teaching. Women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions and coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. We now have three new game-changing products that are in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. And one of our best-selling products sold out for over a year that's now back in stock. Our prebiotic does eat any introduction. does such amazing things for your gut flora, your overall health. What it does is essential. Go read about it at InfoWarsStore.com. And now, the fourth toothpaste designed by my dad. The last two were big hits. This one is really special. It's turmeric concentrate with a bunch of other essential oils and so much more to take your mouth's health to the next level. We also have high-quality ashwagandha root for your libido, your stamina, your testosterone with black pepper extract to accelerate it as a pill. And we have ashwagandha root gummies as well. Very strong, very powerful. Now in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Go there, experience these great products and others, and fund the InfoWar. The only way we fail is not taking action. God bless you. Now please visit InfoWarsStore.com and experience these powerful products for yourself. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Back to the American Journal, folks. Taking more calls. Let's talk to Stephen in Florida. Stephen disagrees with me, and I'm okay with that as long as he's okay with that. I want to hear what you have to say, Stephen. It's good to hear from you again, man. Are you with me, Stephen? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, uh, Chase, I wanted to... Yeah, I disagree with you vehemently okay. uh, when you say that there's only one man that can save us, and that's Donald Trump. And see, this, this well, let me just stop you there. Let me just stop problem. you there. I'm sure. always right. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, but um, this is the fundamental problem with the Patriot slash conservative slash Trump movement. And it's why it's going to be our undoing, the undoing and demise of this movement. And I'm just going to say this. Um, what's happening is this movement is being set up, and they're going headlong into the arms of what the Bible calls the beast, which is the very global government that you guys claim to be against. Um, because the Antichrist, the man, uh, Bible calls him the son of perdition and the man of sin, He's not going to come as a man of force. He's going to be coming as a man of peace, and you can read that in Daniel chapter 8, and also in Revelation chapter 6, where he talks about uh, John saw a man on a white horse, and a crown was given unto him, and a bow well, without arrows. So he's not coming by force. He's coming by peace and flattery. That's the other word that um, it uses in Daniel. 
Uh, and this is how every dictator in world history has taken over. They make it look like they're for the people because right. they have an ulterior motive and agenda. But that gets the bigger thing that I wanted to mention. You see, the thing is, the Bible says in Psalm 9:17, "The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God." And I keep hearing Alex and all the other leaders within this movement saying, oh, this is a war on humanity, and humanity's rising up, and there's a great awakening among humanity. Mm -hmm. But you see, my basis for what I believe is not what people say. It's what the Word of God says, because God is always 100% right. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that here's the bottom line. The Bible shows us there in Revelation 13, which is known as the Mark of the Beast chapter, that all the world will wonder after the beast. So that means all of humanity is going to follow this one who claims to be God, who is really Satan in disguise. Well, he's going to bring himself out that he is Satan, and they're going to swear allegiance to him by taking his mark and falling down and worshiping his image, and then ultimately helping him go after all those who stand against them, which are only the true Christians, those who have been saved by Jesus Christ. Now, the thing I want to say with that is this. The only way we are going to get out of this mess is we are going to have to repent of our sin and our wickedness and our filth. And I'm not just talking about leftists, communists, globalists. I'm talking about the average American that mm -hmm. claims to be conservative and patriotic, because I see so much pride, which God says he hates, and so much self-righteousness, and a lot of sexual filth even being promoted by the same movement. And then idolatry. I mean, when I hear Alex Jones saying in Reset Wars, we need to have a third eye and a sixth sense, and then he claims he's gone to the third heaven, which the Apostle Paul said he did. <laughs> so he's putting himself on the level of apostles. So what I'm saying is that, folks, we need to get back to the Bible. You can you can wrap yourself in the American flag. You can chant USA, 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 and you can hide behind the Constitution but if you're not saved by Jesus Christ, if you're not born again like Jesus said you must be, you're going to end up going to hell. And so I want to end this by saying this. I wrote a song that I sang in church recently, and I actually wrote this last November. And I just want to give you the first couple stanzas of this real quickly. I hear so many voices all across this land. Shouting out that Black Lives Matter while making their demands. I hear the counter of White Lives Matter, Blue Lives and All Lives Too. To all of these and many more, here's what I want to say to you. Only one life matters, hear me now in what I say. It's the life that Jesus laid down freely and took again on that resurrection day. I don't care if you're black or white, on the commie left or the conservative right. All have sinned and all need Jesus. He's still the only way. And that's the bottom line. If we don't turn to Jesus Christ, and I'll, I'll say this. If you look at our history, this is what nobody in the Patriot Movement wants to talk about. We had a Revolutionary War. 
And then about a century later, we had a civil war. What preceded both of those and preserved this nation was a great awakening in the 1730s. It was Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield, and you can look this up. Edwards preached sinners in the hands of an angry God, the most powerful sermon ever preached at Enfield, Connecticut, in the church there, and it spread like wildfire with the revival, and it was a move of God. And then in the 1850s, a prayer meeting in New York City started, and this spread like wildfire across the nation. But it was because of those two movements, those great awakenings, religion, revivals of religion, that's why America prevailed and prospered. We have lost sight of what made America great. And I want to say this. MAGA should stand for Make America Godly Again. And the only way we're going to have that happen is we have to turn to Jesus Christ. And I don't care what you claim to be, atheist, you know, whatever, Catholic, whatever. And let me say this. You know, you say that you don't care what, what uh, you know, sexuality we are. Well, God does. This whole LGBT I understand. The, 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 reason, the reason that I'm more libertarian-minded about that is just because I don't feel comfortable throwing stones. Because I agree with you. I think that we're all sinners, and I just don't feel comfortable judging people for whatever I might deem immoral that they do because I'm sure that I have vices that, that they don't have. But I do appreciate your call, Michael. Um, next, I do want to take uh, Mike from New York. Um, how are you doing, Mike? Sure thing. But I do, I do really appreciate what um, the last caller had to say about you know turning to God. I do agree with that. I don't, I don't think that Trump is a messiah or, or, or someone to be worshipped by any means. And I think it goes right along with what I said about the, the best way to make America a better place is to make yourself a better person. And uh, I'm a Christian, and I believe that the way to do that is to um, follow the teachings of Jesus and do the best you can to follow in the will of God. All right, Mike, what's up, man? Well, I didn't know I was going to be following a Grammy-nominated performance <laughs> this morning. <laughs> How are you but, doing? Uh, no, that was, that was great. That was great. I love the call. Um, so basically what I'm calling in about this morning is, first of all, the your playlist for uh, in, in and out of commercials today is fantastic. Thank I you. I just got to say. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm so I love it. Special thanks um, to the crew. Right up my alley with the, you know, with the rock and roll. And uh, I just want to say, too, man, you know, I hear everybody going back and forth. I think DeSantis, like you were saying before, he, he's automatically off the table in my eyes. Um, the, the Ukraine war, for me personally, is a big uh, IQ test. And mm. I wouldn't even say IQ. I would say purity test type thing where it's like where your interests lie, you know, because, I mean, it's not about smart or stupid. Um but I would also say, too, that, you know, Trump worries me as well. You know, so he, he got in there and, you know, he, he promised everything. And, yeah, he delivered on some, but, you know, some of the moves he made, is, it's, it's worrisome, you know. And what we're going into, 24, you know, it's, it's pretty pivotal. And, you know, I'm kind of in the place now where, you know, I consider myself a libertarian. And um, I'm not really tied to either party. But I think RFK Jr. is my guy. Um, I, I want justice from the big pharma industry, and I don't think anybody... I mean, you could say what you want, the attacks on Trump, but has anybody in Trump's family been murdered by the deep state? Right, right. No, they, they've, they've switched to character assassinations. Yeah, so I'm... Yeah, but I mean, when you talk about skin in the game, I mean, 
You know, it, it, for me, it's tough. I, it, if it comes down to that, that'll be a really tough decision for sure me thing. to make personally. Sure thing. Well, thank you so um, much for your call, man. I really appreciate you coming in. After this break, we have a very special guest joining us. Make sure you stay tuned. You will not regret it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new toothpaste that my dad, a retired dentist and oral surgeon, developed. Dr. Jones Naturals turmeric toothpaste that just came into stock. And I got to tell you, I got samples of this months ago, and it is amazing. The way it makes your gums feel, what it does to your mouth is insane. We know turmeric is an antioxidant and anti-inflammatory and does such great things for the body. Then you add that with tea tree oil and a bunch of other essential oils. It is just dynamite. It is so good to detox and attack inflammation in your mouth. I want to challenge everybody to try the new toothpaste at InfoWorkStore.com. Dr. Jones Naturals Turmeric Toothpaste. And while you're at it, check out the new Ashwagandha line of products. We have Ashwagandha with black pepper extract for your libido, your testosterone in pill form. And we have the pure Ashwagandha root gummies as well, now available at InfoWarsStore.com. They're amazing products and they fund the InfoWar. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. 